0: everybody, and welcome back to the Mythology Central podcast. I'm very excited to introduce today's story, which is the myth of Baba Yaga. This is coming to us from Russian mythology, and this is actually the first story I have done from Russian mythology, so I am very excited. I am also a huge nerd, and there is a mention of Baba Yaga in the second Ant-Man movie, which I obviously love. Anyway, I'm getting a bit off topic, and I think that's about it. Without any further ado, let us get right into the story. Up in the eastern corner of Russia, where it gets bitterly cold in winter, there is a dark, scary forest. If you ever make a mistake and find yourself wandering through that forest, there's a good chance that you might come across an odd house. It's a wooden hut, but it's like no other that you have ever seen, for it stands on giant chicken legs and quite often it walks about, just like a monstrous farmyard bird. This hut is the home of the witch Baba Yaga. On the edge of these woods there's a little village. Probably not the best place to put one, but who am I to tell them what to do? Everyone in this village knows about and fears Baba Yaga, as well as her tendency to eat children. A long time ago, an old man lived in a hut near this village with his daughter Natasha. Her mother had died many years before this story begins, leaving her only with a small rag doll. Natasha and her father were very happy together, and they used to smile at each other over a table filed with bread and jam and play peekaboo. Everything was going well until the old man took it into his head to get married again. His second wife had two daughters of her own, neither of whom were even close to as sweet and as kind as Natasha. In fact, they were bitterly jealous of her. So long as Natasha's father remained at home, the stepmother and stepsisters would pretend that they liked her. But every now and then, one of the sisters would whisper in Natasha's ear, Just you wait until your dear papa leaves us alone with you. Then you'll see. It was very similar to Cinderella's situation. The ending isn't quite as similar. One day, the stepmother decided that she could no longer bear the sight of Natasha one minute longer. But she was not sure how she could get rid of her. Then she remembered Baba Yaga. She went over to Natasha and told her this. You are to go today to Baba Yaga, who lives in the forest, and ask her for a needle and thread to mend a shirt. But, 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 but here is a needle and a thread, said Natasha, trembling, for she knew that Baba Yaga was a witch, and that any child that came near her was never seen again. Hold your tongue, snapped the stepmother, and she gnashed her teeth, which made a noise like clattering tongs. Didn't I tell you that you were to go to the witch in the forest to ask for a needle and a thread? Well then, said Natasha, still trembling. How uh, 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 how shall I find her? She had heard that Baba Yaga chased her victims through the air in a giant mortar and pestle, and that she had wicked teeth with which she ate children. The stepmother took hold of the little girl's nose and squeezed it. This is your nose, she said. Can you feel it? "'Yes,' whispered the terrified girl. "'You must go along the road into the forest "'till you come to a fallen tree,' said the stepmother. "'Then you must turn to your left, "'and you follow your nose, "'and you will find Baba Yaga. "'Now off with you, lazy one!' "'She shoved a basket into the girl's hand, "'into which she had packed a few morsels "'of stale bread and cheese, "'along with some scraps of meat. "'Then she pushed her out the door,' And down the path towards the forest. Following her stepmother's directions, Natasha walked through the forest until she came to the fallen tree. Then she turned to the left, and remembering her stepmother's squeeze, her nose still a little bit sore, continued forward. Finally, she came to the gates of Baba Yaga's hut. It was surrounded by a high metal fence, which when she pushed on, squeaked miserably as if it hurt them to move. Natasha noticed an oil can on the ground, which she picked up and oiled the gates. They then proceeded to swing smoothly open without a sound. So, she continued forward towards the hut. It was a massive wooden house with huge chicken legs, and it wandered around the yard. As Natasha approached, the house turned around to face her, and it seemed that its front windows were eyes and its front door a mouth. A servant of Baba Yaga's was standing in the yard. She was crying bitterly because of the tasks that Baba Yaga had set her to do, and was wiping her eyes on her coat. Natasha approached her and offered her a handkerchief out of her stepmother's basket of food. The servant thanked her, and so Natasha continued on. Sitting there by the hut was a huge dog, very thin and gnawing on a bone. How lucky, said the little girl that I have some bread and some meat. Reaching into her pocket for her scraps, Natasha said to the dog, I'm afraid it's rather stale, but it's better than nothing, I'm sure. The dog gobbled it up at once and licked his lips. And so, Natasha passed the dog and knocked on the door of the hut. Come in, squeaked the wicked voice of Baba Yaga. Good day to you, said Natasha, trying not at all to sound afraid. And good day to you, girl, responded Baba Yaga. My stepmother has sent me to ask you for a needle and a thread so that she could mend a shirt. Has she now, smiled Baba Yaga, flashing her iron teeth, for she was a witch and knew how much Natasha's stepmother hated her. You sit down here at the loom and go on with my weaving. I shall go and fetch you the needle and thread. So the little girl sat down at the loom and began to weave. Baba Yaga whispered to her servant, Listen to me. Make the bath very hot and scrub my niece. Scrub her clean. I'll make a dainty meal of her, I will. The servant came in for the jug to gather the bath, bath water, and Natasha said, oh, I beg you, please not. please be not too quick in making the fire. And please carry the water for the bath in a bucket with holes so that the water will r- run through." The servant said nothing, but indeed she took a very, very long time in- to get the bath ready. During this time, Baba Yaga came to the window and said in her sweetest voice, "'Are you weaving, my niece? Are you weaving, my pretty?' I'm going to interrupt the story here to mention the use of my pretty by the witch. This seems to be prior to Elphaba, or the Wicked Witch of the West, in The Wizard of Oz, which is just actually a really cool fact I found when researching this. Um, Anyway, I'm going to get back into the story, but I just thought that was really interesting. Yes, I am weaving, responded Natasha. So Baba Yaga went away from the window, and the little girl spoke to the thin black cat who was watching the mouse hole. What are you doing? Watching for a mouse, said the thin black cat, I haven't had any dinner in three days. Oh, how lucky then, said Natasha, that I have some cheese left. And she gave her cheese to the thin black cat, who gobbled it up fast. Little girl, do you want to get out of here, said the cat. Oh, oh, my dear cat, how I want to get out of here. For I fear that Baba Yaga will try to eat me with her iron teeth. That is exactly what she intends to do, said the cat. But I know how to help you." Just then, Baba Yaga came to the window and repeated her sentence. "'Are you weaving, little girl? Are you weaving, my pretty?' "'Yes, ma'am,' said Natasha, working away while the loom went clickety-clack, clickety-clack, and so Baba Yaga went out again. The thin black cat kept whispering to Natasha. There's a comb and a towel in the room that was prepared for your bath. You must take them both and run for it while Baba Yaga is still in the bathhouse. She, she, she will chase after you, and when she does, you must throw the towel behind you, and it will turn into a big, wide river. It, sh- it should take her some time to get over that. Well, while, while she gets over the river, you must throw the comb behind you. The comb will sprout up into such a huge forest that she will never be able to get through it all. But she will hear the loom stop, said Natasha, and she'll know that I have gone. Ah, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that, said the thin black cat, and it took Natasha's place at the loom. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, the loom never stopped for a moment. Natasha looked to see that Baba Yaga was still in the bathhouse, and then she jumped out of the hut. The big dog leapt up with the intention to tear her to pieces, but Just as he was going to spring on Natasha, he saw who she was. Oh, why, this is the little lady who gave me the bread and meat, said the dog. I wish a good journey to you, little girl. And he lay down with his head between his paws. She patted his head and scratched his ears and then ran on. When she came to the gates, they opened quietly and quickly without making any noise at all because of the oil that she had poured into their hinges before and that Natasha ran like she had never ran before. Meanwhile, the thin black cat sat at the loom. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, sang the loom, but you never saw such a tangle of yarn as the tangle that was made by that thin black cat. Again, Baba Yaga came to the window, and for the third time she squeaked, Are you weaving, little girl? Are you weaving, my pretty? Oh, yes. "'I am weaving,' said the thin black cat, tangling and tangling the yarn, while the loom went clickety-clack, clickety-clack. "'That's not the voice of my little dinner,' said Baba Yaga, and she jumped into the hut, gnashing her iron teeth. There were, at the loom, there was no little girl, but only a thin black cat, tangling and tangling the threads. "'Ah!' yelled Baba Yaga, and she jumped at the cat. Why didn't you scratch the little girl's eyes out? The cat curled up and arched its back. Well, in, in, in all the years that I have served you, you have only ever given me water and made me hunt for my dinner. The girl gave me real cheese. Baba Yaga was enraged. She grabbed the cat and shook her. Turning to the servant girl, she grabbed her by the collar and croaked. Why did you take so long to prepare the bath? Ah, trembled the servant. In all the years that I've served you, you have never so much as even given me a rag. But the girl gave me a pretty handkerchief. Ah! Baba Yaga cursed her and dashed out into the yard. Seeing the gates wide open, she shrieked. Gates! Why didn't you squeak when she opened you? Ah! Oh, said the gates. In all the years that we've served you, you've never so much as sprinkled a drop of oil on us, and we could hardly stand the sound of our own creaking. But the girl oiled us, and we can now swing back and forth without a sound. Baba Yaga slammed the gates closed. Spinning around, she pointed her long finger at the dog. Yo, she hollered, why didn't you tear her to pieces when she ran out of the house? Ah, said the dog, in all the years that I've served you, you never threw me anything but an old bone crust, and the girl gave me real meat and bread. Baba Yaga rushed about the yard, cursing and hitting them all while screaming at the top of her voice. Then she jumped into her giant mortar. Beating it with a giant pestle to make it go faster, she flew into the air and quickly chased the fleeing Natasha. For there, on the ground far ahead, she soon spied the girl running through the trees, stumbling and fearfully looking over her shoulder. you will never escape me, Baba Yaga cackled a terrible laugh and steered her flying mortar straight downward towards the girl. Natasha was running faster than she's ever run before. Soon, she could hear Baba Yaga's mortar bumping on the ground behind her. Desperately, she remembered she remembered the thin black cat's words, and threw the towel behind her on the ground. It grew bigger and bigger, and wetter and wetter, and soon a deep, broad river stood between the little girl and Baba Yaga. Not stopping for a second, Natasha turned and ran on. Oh, how she ran! When Baba Yaga reached the edge of the river, she screamed louder than ever and threw her pestle on the ground. She knew she couldn't fly over an enchanted river. In a rage, she she flew back to her hut on Hen's legs. There, she gathered up all of her cows and drove them into the river. Drink! Drink! she screamed at the top of her lungs. And the cows drank up all of the river down to the last drop. Baba Yaga then hopped back into her giant mortar and flew over the dry bed of the river to pursue her prey. Now, naturally, that took a little bit of time, and Natasha had run on quite a distance ahead. In fact, she even began to think that she might, at last, be free of the terrible Baba Yaga. But her heart froze in terror, when she saw the dark figure in the sky speeding towards her again. "'Oh, this is the end for me!' she despaired. And then she suddenly remembered what the cat had said about the comb. Natasha threw the comb behind her, and the comb grew bigger and bigger, and its teeth sprouted up into a thick forest, so thick that not even Baba Yaga could force her way through. And Baba Yaga, the witch, the bony-legged one, gnashing her teeth and screaming with rage and disappointment, finally turned around and drove away back to her little huts. The tired, tired girl finally arrived back home. She was afraid to go inside and see her mean stepmother. So instead, she waited outside in the shed. When she saw her father pass by, she ran out to him. Ah, where have you been? cried her father. And why is your face so red? The stepmother turned yellow when she saw the girl, and her eyes glowed. Her teeth ground together until they broke, but Natasha was not afraid, and she went to her father, climbed on his knee, and told him everything just as it had happened. When her father learned that the stepmother had sent his daughter out to be eaten by a witch, he was so angry that he drove her out of the hut and never let her return. From then on, he took good care of Natasha and never let a stranger come between them. Over a table piled high with bread and jam, the father and daughter would once again play peekaboo, back and forth, and the two of them lived happily ever after. Isn't it nice when a myth ends like that, like, with instead of, like, brutal murder and rape? Anyway, that ends the Russian tale of Baba Yaga. However, there are so many amazing tales to come out of Russian mythology, along with many other myths from many other cultures. I would also like to give some credit to Arina Ashkina for the creative license on this tale. You can find me on social media at owen45871 on Twitter, and at Mythology Central on Instagram. I hope you enjoyed, and please be sure to check out next week's episode, dropping Monday at 12pm Mountain Time.